you are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, Hoops heads. You're listening to a joint session of Locked On Spurs and Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're getting ready for some playoff basketball Saturday noon at Oracle Arena in Oakland. The Spurs will face off against the Warriors in the NBA's first round. You've got Aliko Carter, host of Locked On Warriors, and Jeff Garcia, host of Locked On Spurs, here to give you all the details. Jeff, how you doing? I'm doing great, and I think it's about time that we get these playoffs on the um, well, get going because you know every every day, every minute that passes during this little break, it feels like an eternity. We got to get some hoops going, and we're talking about the playoffs here. First round, Spurs Warriors meeting up once again in the postseason. They ended their postseason together, at least the Spurs did, and now they're going to start it up again, facing a familiar foe. I'm glad to see these two hook up. It's just a shame they've never gone at each other full strength. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, that 2012-2013 season, the, the Warriors weren't who they are now, and then Steph got hurt. And then, of course, last year with the Zaza under, coming under Kawhi's foot, uh, that definitely derailed that series for the Spurs, mm-hmm. I'd say. And there's a lot of Spurs fans out there who uh, really feel like he might have that Zaza that is might have just you know started a downward spiral for Kawhi and so that brings me to my first question man like do you expect Kawhi to come back this uh, you know for the playoffs? not at all nor should you nor should Spurs fans nor should Warriors fans Uh, look this divide allegedly between the Spurs and Kawhi is uh, pretty large Everybody knows about Tony Parker and his comments towards the end of the season regarding his injury versus Kawhi and how he was able to come back and it was 10 times or 100 times worse than Kawhi. He got a lot of um, pushback for that. Then you have the report that the Spurs had a very tense meeting between players and Kawhi uh, via ESPN. And uh, although the Spurs did admit that that did happen, Danny Green did say that it wasn't just about Kawhi. It was other things as well. But then on the other hand, you got Mono Ginobili calling out Kawhi, and I'm surprised he didn't get a lot of pushback as much as Parker did, but saying that he's never around, that he's he's much more around with other people than he is with the team, and he's non-existent, and that he wishes mm-hmm. he was there. So there's something there. There's something brewing. This offseason is going to be interesting. But as far as this this series is concerned, nope. Do not expect him to come back. He's not walking through that tunnel. He's not putting on that silver and black jersey as of now and just find it very interesting that the Spurs have not called it a season for him. They still have him game to game under injury management. And I don't know. Yeah. What do you think that's all about? I think they're crossing fingers. I think they're, they're hoping that his camp, I recall the Spurs doctors have said that he's good to go. Kawhi's doctors outside the Spurs system have said He's not good to go. So it's come to the point where Popovich has flat out said that Kawhi will come back when his group says he'll come back. It's that bad. So Mm. it's interesting to see this uh, pushing and pulling and back and forth between the two sides. And as much as Kawhi Leonard has said that he does want to remain a spur in the last media session he did uh, last season, um, 
it's interesting that he has not come back and talked to the media or at least made some sort of, some sort of statement. It doesn't have to be in person. He could just release a statement, an email, a fact, something just to say that he's okay, that he legitimately is all right. Yeah. And that he is going to be back with the Spurs stronger than ever next season. But he's not doing that. And we'll definitely find out this season if uh, he does sign what the Spurs are expected to do and offer him that Supermax deal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. as But as far as this season is concerned, I think think your Warriors, too, if they had a session uh, today or yesterday saying they're not expecting Kawhi to come back from Draymond to Kerr and everybody else, I think everybody in the world is on the same page. Kawhi's not walking through that door anytime soon. Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And, it, you know, it's one of those things where the you, you expect his publicist to be kind of pushing him to, to do certain things. But, you know, I got to wonder about his mental well-being, just basketball his entire life. And this might be the first time in his life that he just can't play basketball. And I just imagine that that's got to be weighing on him and his psyche a little bit. But that's still um, no excuse for, you know, potentially some bad will in the locker room you know uh you expect a leader of former finals mvp to be a little bit more vocal and so you know i just have to wonder about his you know just how he's feeling just in this first time in his life is not being able to play basketball but you know who is able to play basketball is lamarcus aldridge and man has he been a monster for you the entire year and uh you know go into go into how he's been please yeah, I mean, I don't know where to begin. I mean, other than to say that, wow, talk about a turnaround from last season to this season. LMA has been that rock for the Spurs on the offensive end and to some degree the defensive end. Without him posting the big numbers that he has this season, the Spurs are not uh, in the postseason. If he's not posting those monster numbers, the Spurs are looking at their uh, summer vacation right now and um, the Spurs are already game planning for the NBA draft. It's uh, it's interesting to see how much of a turnaround he's come, uh, especially off an off season where he demanded a trade that he did not want to be a Spur and that he doesn't, he thought he was not fitting in well with the team. So a complete 180. He was tabbed an NBA all-star again and Without LMA, I think the Spurs simply are just a ship without a rudder. Um, this yeah. Spurs team just pretty much go as much as LaMarcus has gone. And it was enough to get them into the postseason. It was enough to get them a very good home record. And it was enough to at least have some sort of threat on the court without Kawhi Leonard in uniform. But nonetheless... Aldridge deserves a round of applause. He is this team's MVP. And what more can I say other than he's, unfortunately, though, he's going to have to step up his game even more so against your Warriors. So LMA is going to have a lot to shoulder starting Saturday. Yeah, fortunately, unfortunately or fortunately, definitely. You know, I mean, a lot of players, they relish that challenge. But you're absolutely right. Without LaMarcus, LaMarcus Aldridge, where would you be in the meaning? of the term MVP definitely applies here. But, uh, you know, the Warriors are without, you know, their most important player, obviously the Spurs without their most important player. But uh, Kevin Durant is still probably the scorer in the league, definitely one of the top three or four best basketball players in the league. And he's going to be extremely important as a foil for LaMarcus Aldridge, just in terms of not going up against each other, but matching and Mm. trying to 
numbers. The Warriors are going to need Kevin Durant to be just extremely, extremely versatile. They're going to need him to score more than the 26 points he scored during the, the regular season. They're going to need him to rebound at a higher rate, to assist the ball at a higher rate. They're going to need him to be the best player, not just on the floor, but in the league without Stephen Curry. And it's just really one of those things um, that uh, I think that he relishes a little bit as uh, being the man. So we'll see how that goes in the first round. Yeah. You know, what is interesting about uh, KD, though, is he is definitely, you know, the main guy because of the fact that you're not going to have Steph Curry. And that leads me to ask you is KD can do it all, but he's going to need help. But that help's going to come in the form of Quinn Cook. I mean, we're going to, your Warriors team, we're going to roll with uh, Cook. I mean, I guess they have no choice. But how much faith do you have in this? Hey, team? yeah, exactly. You know, I have a lot of faith in him. Uh, the only player in G League history to do 50-40-90, he scored 26 points in the G League this year, came on for the big club, and scored in double figures in so many games, uh, including a career high like 31 points uh, a few weeks ago. The man can flat out score the basketball. He has an array of moves. He's very good shooting the three-pointer, extremely confident, and uh, extremely efficient. And on the defensive end, he's a small guy, but he moves his feet. Uh, you know, honestly, might, he might move his feet better than Steph moves his feet. Steph definitely has better hands than Quinn Cook, but if you look at him playing defense of uh, players, you know, and you see his footwork, it's just like, oh, man, he's been playing basketball for a long time. This guy really belongs. So I definitely have faith in him, but it's going to be a team effort. Um, Draymond Green is going to have to be the and best player on the team, and Clay Thompson is going to have to shoot the lights out. So that those are two very important things. But if you're talking specifically about Quinn Cook, that I absolutely have faith that he's got ice water in his veins, man. He's he's just out there ready to play. Obviously, he's going to be playing against Dejounte Murray, who's rangy, extremely versatile, and can you know be a pest on defense. He's kind of like a Kawhi Light defensively mm-hmm. in terms of his length and everything like that. But uh, Quinn Cook doesn't turn the ball over, so I'm not really too much about him from a ball uh you know protection standpoint uh it's really will his shots fall because we need them to yeah look just face it you brought it up but you know the spurs are going to try to attack uh quinn cook as great as he was in the g league he's about to start in the nba playoffs in a whole different level going against a spurs team that is uh, full of championship pedigree they got a guy on the sideline by the name of Popovich who's definitely going to try to exploit that. And look, there's nothing to knock or take away from Cook. I mean, I tip my hat at him for you know the endurance and for the perseverance and for making it as far as he has. And he's starting point guard on the NBA and the defending NBA champs. That's a testament to him. But Murray's there, and you know he's he's you know, he may be a young guy, but he has one year up on him. They got other guys, Patty Mills, Danny Green. Um, you know they're gonna they're gonna throw different looks at Cook, and you know as much as he's done and he's proven in the regular season and he's proven a lot. I think he's got a different animal, and I think maybe that first game is gonna be the really real real good litmus test to see exactly where he stands. He's gonna be able to handle it, but I'm pretty sure Kerr is gonna have him uh, pumped and ready. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. And uh, that's going to have to take a quick break for our sponsors. We'll be back. 
All right, man. That was a good first first go. Um, what do you want me to ask you about in the second segment? All right. You can ask me about, let's see, we did Kawhi, we did LMA. Um, hmm. Let's just roll what we did the, the, the second time around where you asked me about, uh, you know, what do the Spurs have to do to survive or to, you know, just in this Yeah. Series. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. All right. And by the way, we're more or less about the... And we're back... Oh, oh, sorry. We're more or less Go about ahead. the 14 and a half minute point right now, so... <laughs> of course. Okay. okay, cool. We'll move it along. And we're back, and we're talking Spurs and Warriors. It's Locked On Warriors and Locked On Spurs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I wanted to ask you, Jeff, what are the Spurs going to have to do to beat this juggernaut Warriors team? Obviously without Stephen Curry, but healthy otherwise... And just you know, ready to uh, you know take on whoever's in front of them. Well, let me uh, get my uh, massive telebook, telephone book sized uh, Rolodex and start off with chapter one. It's that the Spurs have a laundry list of things they have <laughs> to do in order to dethrone the NBA champs. Look, at the end of the day, I think the you know I'll get into specifics right now, but I think the Spurs have more of a to do list than the Warriors do. The Spurs have to do a lot more, not only in just in game one this Saturday, but just in the series overall. LMA is going to have to up his game. The Spurs are going to have to cut back on turnovers. They cannot give this Warriors team easy buckets. And I think they're going to have to try to expose this, the uh, the Warriors' uh, lack of size. Yes, I know McGee is there. I know Jaja is there. But at the end of the day, the Spurs have a better skilled big men. I'm looking at LMA, Pau Gasol, and to some degree, Davis Bertans. Look, LaMarcus is mm-hmm. going to be the focal point for the Spurs, and we know already, it doesn't take a genius, the Warriors are going to double, triple team him and tell him and the Spurs, hey, let's see who else can score. And I'm looking at Pau Gasol. Pau Gasol is going to have to really get down and dirty in that paint rebound, block some shots, and hit the occasional outside shot, three-point shot. He's one of the better three-point shooting big men we have in this league. And then there's Davis Bertans. This kid is a firecracker. He's not afraid to get in players' faces. Ask Greg Monroe, no joke, a couple seasons ago, he shoved the big man in the chest simply for just pushing his former teammate, (laughs) uh, Deadman. And he's not afraid to mix it up, but he also can light it up. He can light it up from deep. He is, uh, he's young, he's quick, he's agile, but if his shot is going down, uh, then that should open up the floor and the paint for LaMarcus to do what he has to do, and that is be that rock for the Spurs on the offensive end. But other than that, I think the uh, Spurs, as I said uh, to you before we were recorded as this, is that I think the pressure is more on the Warriors. I, I think the Spurs, at the end of the day, should they get bounced, they could just simply say, well, what do you expect? You know, we don't have Kawhi. They're the defending champs. They have home court. You know, we're seventh seed. We're not supposed to even be here beyond this round. But at the end of the day, I think the Spurs have to play 48 minutes of perfect basketball. Everybody who steps on that court needs to contribute on both ends of the court. Everybody has to make that extra pass. Everybody has to play like the Spurs played in 2014 against Miami in the NBA Finals. I mean, it's going to take that type of work. Spurs can do it, but mm, they got to put points on the board. 
They don't have the horses to do that. They got the defense to do that. The regular season proved it. Number one in opponent's points per game. They ranked up there with blocks and opponent uh, field goal percentage, three point. They got the defense, and that's great. But the Warriors can play defense as well. And the Warriors can light up the scoreboard, even if they don't have Steph Curry. So the Spurs can lock it down on the off the defensive end, but on the offensive end, there has not been that second scorer outside of LaMarcus Aldridge. Let me rephrase that. Reliable outs, uh, scorer outside of LaMarcus Aldridge. Sure, sure. Rudy, Rudy Gay is going to have to do that. This is just, just going to be by committee, I think. Everybody's going to have to just step up their game. I, this is it's it's the Spurs are not talented, and I'm not the only one who said that. Mano Ginobili said it. This is a team that's not talented whatsoever, <laughs> but they are talented defensively. Defense wins titles. Defense wins games. The Spurs are going to have to rely on that. And as you can tell, I'm just going on and on because there's just so much the Spurs has to do, unlike the Warriors who yeah yeah. Just got to do a few things here and there, and they should be yeah. okay. Yeah, I think it's two things, Jeff. I think it's two things. It's not turning the ball over, and it's rebounding the ball, uh, making sure that the team is rebounding by committee. You got to have Kevin Durant in there grabbing rebounds, getting 9 to 10 rebounds, Draymond Green getting 9 to 10 rebounds, everybody else. Rebounding at the guard position is going to be huge. Clay Thompson is going to have to rebound the ball. Quinn Cook is going to have to rebound the ball. And then by committee, the bigs. You know, you're probably going to see a lot of JaVale McGee and Kavon Looney. I don't know who's going to start. It might be Zaza, but it might not be. And we have a lot of good bigs that can go up against LaMarcus. They're going to work together to neutralize LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, definitely David West. You're going to see him for 15 mm-hmm. to 20 minutes a game. Oh, yeah. He's going to be huge on Mm-hmm. And he's going to be huge on both ends. But uh, the Warriors can't turn the ball over. And if they do turn the ball over, they have to get back in transition. Live ball turnovers are murder. But if they happen, the Warriors can't take the playoff. They can't complain to the referee. They have to be in the frame with the uh, running Spurs. And here's the thing. Without Stephen Curry, the game goes down. So the Warriors play at a league average pace as opposed to a top five pace with Stephen Curry in the game. So you're not going to see as many fast break opportunities. But what you are going to see is a keyed in defense that is going to, oh man, I can't wait to bust, we bust this lineup out in the, uh, in the playoffs. The lineup of Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, uh, Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston, and David. That is just You're going to see that lineup. It's deadly. It's deadly. Uh, and, and then you've got uh, Clay Thompson, the l- nuclear weapon on the offensive end, Draymond Green seeing everybody, Andre Iguodala seeing everybody, David West, money, 60-plus percent from the field. And, I mean, you get Sean Livingston in his office, and he just goes to business. But, uh, you know, I just think that the defense is going to have to be there every single moment. And the Warriors had a Jekyll and Hyde kind of situation where they would play a top-five defense one game, and then they would play uh, – the bottom, bottom, you know, 20 defense the next game. And they are able to play a top five defense at all times, but it just wasn't there every game this season. And that's where they ended up ninth league in defensive, in defensive efficiency after being one of the top two or three teams the last three years. Uh, and so I think what you're going to see is a top five defense from the Warriors in the playoffs. And if they do do that and they keep the turnovers Low about 15 in the game, they'll have a chance 
to uh, hopefully, you know, get out without sweating too much. Yeah, that goes for the Spurs as well, as I mentioned. The uh, Spurs cannot gift wrap points to your Warriors. You know, they they struggle with that the entire regular season. They've had games where, I'm not kidding, it's upwards of 20 turnovers a game. It's that bad. But here's the mm. thing, though. Yeah, the Warriors had those too. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing. And as much as I, you know, harped on, you know, 48 minutes of um, excellent basketball and uh, this and that and turnovers and uh, Powell and Bertans, there's something about the road that just does not mix well with San Antonio. And and at the end of the day, that may doom the Spurs. This Spurs team was well below. Yeah, what's that all about? You guys were not. Yeah, you guys were not great on the road at all. Uh, that's putting it lightly. They were atrocious on the road. Uh, more or less, the uh, Spurs at home averaged about 96 points per game allowed. On the road, they allowed about 110. Their 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 plus minus dipped uh, on the road. They were only mustered up 14 wins away from the Alamo City. That's it. They, they their NBA record of 18 consecutive winning road seasons was snapped this past season they it was just destroyed it was destroyed yeah exactly it was just smashed up they didn't miss it by one or two they they only had 14 road victories and even at that they were a struggle Mm. so with the warriors having that crowd that they do in oracle and it's it's loud that's putting it lightly that's the the, yes it's pretty active and i believe the warriors feed on that crowd and the spurs are just horrendous on the road, and you're going to tell the Spurs, you got to win one game in Oracle. But by the way, you guys suck on the road, so good luck. And you got to try to do it on their home court. Yeah. I think it's just a tall task for the Spurs. Not to say they can't do it, they just didn't leave me feeling with confidence that they can do it based on what we saw in the regular season. Yeah. So if it comes down to a seventh and decisive game, what? it's it's over. Well, you know, it's yeah, seventh game, you know, definitely I give the nod to the to the Warriors, certainly. But uh, the Warriors were not, you know, 29 and 12 on the road, 29 and 12 at home. But if you recall a couple of seasons ago, the Warriors went 39 and two at home on their on the way to 70 wins for the season. And so 29 and 12 is a little bit pedestrian and they lost some really, really bad games at home games to the Sacramento Kings, the, the, the Denver Nuggets Nuggets are a good team, but you know, there's a ton of uh, teams come in to Oracle and just beaten the Warriors, not close games, but just thumped them. And so, uh, you know, do I expect things to be different in the playoffs? I absolutely do. I expect the crowd to be more raucous. I expect the to be more locked in. I expect them to behave like every single possession matters and use that home court to fuel their offense. But I will say the Warriors haven't been as good at home as they have in years past. And I, I you know, I think that there's a little crack in that door that's open for the for the Spurs to steal one in Oracle. Yeah, I mean, I hope that it does happen because I would like to see a very uh, lengthy playoff series. And so I do hope uh, you know the Spurs pick up one or two on the road. But it's just at the end of the day, I think that it's just going to bite them in the butt and you know, it's going to come back to haunt them. And um, that's what I think will uh, ultimately doom the Spurs. They can play perfect basketball at home all they want, but they got to win on the road eventually. And this past season didn't leave yeah. me with confidence that they can get it done. 
you know, when I look at this uh, Warrior yeah. Squad, though, uh, Ligo, I got to ask you um, about Iggy. I mean, how crucial has he been for uh, this Warriors team? Well, yeah, he's been absolutely important. He does a little bit of everything for the Warriors. Um, I would call him a calming presence on the court. His assist to turnover ratio is always extremely high. He led the league. Here he hasn't been quite the same, and it feels like right now they're kind of just like resting him for the playoffs, giving him a lot of DNP old, you know, in the Popovichian sense, and um, getting him ready to be the you know he can be especially on the defensive end guarding the other teams um you know really big perimeter threat um you know, along with clay thompson uh and also um just bringing some steadiness to the offense he always makes such good decisions whether it's passing in the fast break or taking it all the way and he has such unorthodox ways of getting to the rim mm-hmm. um and so if, if his shot is falling if his shot is falling it's money if a shot is, we love everything about Andre. If a shot is not falling, we'll take it. We'll take it because what else, everything else that he brings is so, so important. Yeah, before we recorded, you said but, you uh, not, uh, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. We can stay on this subject. But by all means, I love talking about Andre. <laughs> you know, before we recorded, you mentioned to me that you, you don't like the word glue guy. And, you know, they use that a lot with Draymond and – you know, is it really maybe that Iggy is the one that makes this team run? I mean, how would you define that or describe it? Yeah, yeah, definitely an engine. Um, definitely, like, glue guy, I think, is reserved for less important players than Draymond Green. Draymond Green is arguably, arguably, the second most important player on the team behind Stephen Curry and ahead of Kevin Durant. I made that argument in an article for Bleacher Report uh back in uh, November, very early in the season. But um, he does everything for the Warriors, whether it's anchoring the defense. And if you look at, like, obviously Kevin Durant got uh, significant DPOY consideration in the middle of the season. He was blocking out of the arena. It was great. You look at the tape, Draymond's still better. Draymond guards every single position. Draymond just barks orders. He's always in the right place defensively. He didn't defend at the rim at the same high rate that he has in seasons past, but it was still very good to elite. And I'll just, you know, I I could go on about what Draymond does on the defensive end so much, but he also leads the team in assists. And people don't realize that. And Draymond leads the Warriors in assists. He assisted the ball about 7.1 times a game. He averaged more than seven rebounds and 11 points. And if you look at the scope of his numbers, it's like, oh, that's kind of impressive. It's not that impressive. It's really an all-star. Oh, my goodness. Such an all-star. Without Draymond, the Warriors' defense plummets and the offense stagnates. With Draymond, everything purrs. Everything hums. And so what he is is more than a blue guy. He's a heartbeat. Mm. And I wanted to ask you specifically, because we were talking about this earlier, you know, your heartbeat might just be Manu Ginobili. Oh, it definitely is, and then some. Look, this Spurs team uh, owes a few games, W's that is, uh, to number 20. The old man still has it, 40 years old and still showing life in those legs. He's been there when the Spurs are down on the scoreboard and maybe emotionally. He's been there for the Spurs when they needed a boost off that bench. Uh, He's still knocking down shots. He's still going left and 
after 16 seasons in the NBA, nobody can still figure out that if he's going left, left you're in trouble. And he's Euro-stepping all <laughs> over the world and the court, and he has just been a uh, just a great, great, great boost to this Spurs team, especially in the season that they had ups and downs and, you know, more downs and ups and the Kawhi drama. And, you know, remember, Aliko, this team – at one point during the regular season, was out of the playoff picture completely, completely. They were not. It was to the point where that twenty-one consecutive playoff appearances was about to be snapped. But Mono Ginobili came in, and he was not having any of that. He he was honest this whole season when it comes to the Kawhi situation, to the the makeup of the team. Um, he called out the team left and right when they were at their low points. And he even said during the regular season that he's never in his 16th season with the Spurs had to go through what he's going through this year and where he would call out the younger players for not stepping up their game. Mm. He's been that leader for the Spurs. He's been that quiet leader for San Antonio this season. Fortunately for uh, Silver yeah, and Black, so I got a, he decided I got to stay. I a question so, for you then. Yeah, go ahead. He, yeah. Is he the, most, the second most important player for the Spurs this season then? My goodness. Whoo-wee. Well, let's see. Let me think about that. That is a phenomenal question. Yeah, I may have to say it. Yeah, I think he is. Uh, you, you, you look at. I mean, just everything what he's done for this team. It doesn't have to be the numbers. He can just just him being a force on that on that bench is good enough. Dejounte Murray is saying his praises throughout the uh, season, saying, you know. He's an inspiration that he's on that bench cheering for Manu every time that he does one, another Manu thing. And I would have to say mm-hmm. yes, but not simply because the numbers, but the numbers are there. They're still pretty good for a 40 road six man, but because of the inspiration that he brought to this team and he continues to do it. And they're going to need that in the postseason, especially going up against the defending champs. So, yeah, I would have to say it. It's just a shame that there's the second best player on this team is just in New York City right now, and ref- you know his camp not letting <laughs> him come back. But yeah, Montezuma, I would have to say, has been the second best player for the Spurs overall, from an emotional, mental standpoint, yeah, and even on the statistical uh, level. All right. Well, we'll uh, hold you to that. You said it. Um, no, but I, I definitely, you know, I think you're right. I've seen the Spurs play a number of times this season. And just, uh, you know, I, 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 he's like akin to Andre in that he brings a steadiness to um, to the, the Spurs on offense. Um, he's still at 40, can, can play defense. He's not a liability. Uh, and he's just really awesome. But you know, I wanted to get to uh, predictions because, uh, you know, it wouldn't be playoff preview without a little prediction. Mm-hmm. So uh, I wanted to I wanted to ask you first, what are your thoughts about the series? Okay, well I'm gonna get the prediction out of the way first. Let me get the hard part done. Uh, I think a gentleman's sweep. I think the uh, Spurs will get one, but at the end of the day, it'll be a five game series. Why? Simply because of what I said during this uh, preview show, the the road issues this team has. They got the defense. They struggle on offense, and that home court advantage is going to play well into the Warriors' hand. 
And I think, as I mentioned, the Spurs have more of a to-do list than the Warriors do. Would I be shocked if the Spurs dethroned the NBA champs? I, to a certain degree, I would, especially playing without Kawhi Leonard. Uh, and that would also shock me. Hey, Spurs going Spurs. Yeah, that's, that's... exactly. What is it? What is it? Go, <laughs> uh, uh, death taxes and Spurs. Spurs, Spurs going Spurs, man. Yeah, death taxes and Spurs. That's right. Yeah, I, I recall. Um, you know, twenty years of going to the Alamo City, going to the AT. Center and losing. Uh, that's what the Warriors did. The entirety of the Tim Duncan era was just losing. So you know, it is it, it is it is what it is. Now the Warriors are a little bit uh, more powerful than they were. Then. Just, but the Spurs are still just, here, just a little, just Spurs a little more anywhere. powerful, <laughs> mega powerful. <laughs> what about you? What uh, but you yeah, I would absolutely in? agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think gentleman sweep is exactly right. I think that the Spurs are too good to get swept. Um, though that you know that last year series, um, Steph was playing. I think without Steph and Curry in this matchup, the Spurs are too good to get swept. I think you win one in uh, San Antonio, and I think the Spurs close it out at home in Game Five. Yeah, uh, you know, and if the Spurs do that, um, I tip my hats off for them, especially the season that they've had. Um, the ups and downs, the dramas I mentioned, and uh, to simply just uh, get one game. You know, I think Vegas odds have the Spurs what ninety to one, something like something along those lines. So it's it's, it's, a, it's a pretty bad. I mean, nobody nobody even has confidence this team can move past the first round. But if they do, um, I'd be a little shocked. I'd be a little surprised. They would tell me like everything had to fall into place. And Patty Mills knocking down threes consistently. Rudy Gay playing at the level he's playing before the regular season ended. LMA up yeah. in his game. Brent Forbes knocking shots down. Danny Green locking down players. I mean, everything has to come together. Popovich is going to have to reach deep into that bag of tricks. And um, so, yeah, I think gentlemen's sweep is about right. And uh, we'll see though. And uh, it starts everything Saturday. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait either. And a lot of these guys, young guys on the Warriors, about to get their first or second taste of playoff experience as well. Quinn Cook, Avon Looney, Jordan Bell, um, all will see good minutes. And, you know, it's just it's just fun. The playoffs are here, man. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, and uh, best of luck, Spurs, on Saturday. Yeah, good luck to your team as well. And uh, it's going to make for a great series. Um, is the Warriors Spurs game the first game to kick things off Saturday, or we're kind of in the middle? It is the it is the very first game, noon Pacific on ABC. So, our teams are gonna kick things off. All right, so we we I apologize on, on yep. Spurs' behalf if if the game is lopsided. So already, so just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I apologize on the Warriors' behalf if we crap the bed. But you know, uh, stranger things have happened. So anyway, you've been listening to the joint session of Locked On Spurs and Locked On Warriors. Stay thoughtful, who's heads.